0: Hello everybody, this is Rob Fournette with Hodgepod with Rob Fournette, and we are back with our encore episode of Van Halen. We've covered the albums with Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth, but this is going to be an encore episode and we're going to be talking about talking about facts, some fun things about Van Halen. So we're going to get things started with this little nugget. Diamond David Lee Roth. And now your pal. And together we make up one half of... Van- Van- Yes, indeed. Look deep, deep into your radio. You're getting sleepy. Take your clothes off. I was gonna say thanks for bringing your own audience. I'm not so sure about that, though. Tonight is Boys Night Out, and you got the boys. I have one of many quotes by you, David Leroth. This one, I believe, is from Cream don't Magazine. Be, don't believe a thing you, you ever read, especially if I said it. You said that rock and roll musicians are, quote, hung-up, neurotic, overweight hippies with sex problems. So you I mean I'm, that? So I'm working on it, you know? <laughs> 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 (laughs) 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 what can can i say let's take a telephone call all right well this is rob for in memphis and sean donovan thank you very much
1: where are you at again i keep forgetting sean donovan from litchfield new hampshire
0: yes how far where how far is that real quick from uh, manchester
1: from manchester
0: new hampshire about 10 minutes okay gotcha okay so now not even from where i'm at you, got a, you gave me a point of reference, so thank you very much. But thank you for coming back for this Encore episode here. We've had a lot of fun talking the albums with David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, but we're going to talk about the albums a little bit like in the 90s, and I'm going to let Sean take care of that. So, Sean, they had uh, some other albums that came out with Sammy Hagar, and then uh, they also came out with one with David Lee Roth. So why don't you just explain some of those albums, and we'll get right into the Encore if uh If you want to go ahead.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Well, uh, after we finished with what, for unlawful condo knowledge uh, last time, I believe. And then uh, uh, they did that double live, you know, right here, right now. I think that came out in 93, I believe. And they toured on that. And I remember seeing them. uh, They played it uh, out here in Massachusetts. Uh uh, It was called Great Woods back then. Oh, man, I think it's the Infinity uh, Infinity yeah. Center in- or Xfinity Center now, gotcha. but uh, it an outdoor arena. And I uh, saw them on that tour as well, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That was like a best of, like a greatest hits kind of concert. So they played plenty of stuff, but uh, um, they did a uh, one of the covers they did that night was um, uh, "Rocking in the Free World," and uh, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember who sings that. Isn't that yeah, terrible? It Young. Yes, thank you. Yes, there you sir? go. But they did that and they got man, they got the whole crowd into that one. They had everybody throwing their fists in the air. So that was that was fun. But uh I remember uh I remember Michael Anthony singing pretty much all of Jump while Sammy Hagar kinda like went around and like high fived the crowd, so that was pretty cool. But awesome. um yeah, that double live album in uh in ninety three, right here, right now. Uh and that was good. They had a ton of tracks on it, obviously being a double live album, but um all you know, a lot of your favorites. Uh, they play the Who song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for a love of Pete, why can't I remember that one off the top of my head? Uh, Won't Get Fooled Again, gotcha. The The Who, and that was that was really cool. They did a great job with that. Um, and then after that, it was a couple more years, and they they came out with their last last album with Sammy Hagar, and uh, I think it was '95 with uh, 95, yes, sir. Yeah, and then um. Saw him on that tour, too, down in... uh, I actually went to Rhode Island for that one. We took a limo down. So, you know, we wanted to be treated like David Lee Roth, so we took a limo down, you know? But, uh, yeah, that was a good show. They opened up with The Seventh Seal, the first cut on the album. I remember that. and and That was pretty neat. But uh, some good tunes on that one. You know, Can't Stop Loving You. And uh, the first single they released was uh, uh, Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do uh you know, dun 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 got dun, it, dun, dun. That, that I love that guitar. Man, you turn that up loud and that's just like, whoa. Um, some good tunes on that. Uh not enough. Nice little ballad. Some piano in there. So definitely some good tunes on that. And that was their last one with um with uh with Sammy, like mm. you know, studio album. Um and then you know, Sammy uh Sammy, Sammy split. Yep. Sammy split and then that we can't forget uh very never really <laughs> hardly at all mentioned album Van Halen three with uh you know Gary Sharon.
0: Yeah, from Extreme
1: as, as the front man. And I kinda feel bad 'cause he's he's uh I, I saw him with Extreme, you know, before that, probably, you know, a few years before before that and uh uh they were they were great. Extreme was great. with uh you know Bettencourt, that guy can play the guitar as well.
0: Yeah, and I didn't but, um, um didn't real quick, didn't um David Lee Roth warm up for extreme at some point you know when extreme was having their run in the I 90s
1: i think don't know i'm not sure i i you're dr rob so you'd have to confirm that in your research studies but yes uh, sir um i'm uh i'm not sure about that one but uh yeah i, I kind of felt bad for gary Sharon. didn't because you know that time uh that time when that album came out i think it was like 97 or 98 98, 90, 98. Sure. okay and uh you know grunge was in full swing and bands like that, you know, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all that other stuff. So, um it was kind of like the like almost kind of like the wrong time for him. If he had come along, if they had recorded with him like at a different time it might have worked out better, but uh you know, there's some okay songs on that album. I mean, the guitar work obviously is always great. Uh, Fire in the Hole was I think their first single yeah, off of that. Yeah. That's uh, right. It, they had a little uh, tune that I, I kind of liked. It was uh, "Dirty Water Dog, which is pretty neat. So if you, those of you out there, if you haven't heard it, just give that one a give that one a listen. It's pretty neat. Got some good rhythm to it, and uh, kind of a fun song. But I saw them at the Garden, Boston Garden, on that tour, and uh, man, they played a lot of old stuff, too. And I remember them at that show. Well, hopefully, if I remember correctly, uh, they played "Romeo Delight." Uh, which I thought was kind of cool because I hadn't seen them play that. And uh, that was neat to see. But um, after that, it was just what? Like a couple, you know, Van Halen's Greatest Hits albums. Gary Sharon was out, you know. And uh, they were kind of in limbo. And not until, man, I don't even remember what year this was. Was it 2009, maybe? Mm-hmm. Different, different kind of truth. That album that came out with, uh, last studio album with David Lee Roth, was back. And Wolfgang was playing, you know, playing bass, uh, mm-hmm. instead of Michael Anthony. So, but, uh, yeah, there was some fun songs on that too. I mean, Tattoo was pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. But my favorite song off that, uh, different kind of truth album was Stay Frosty. It was kind of like an ice cream man on steroids. <laughs> ice cream man on steroids. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Really, really good heavy sound to it. So, all and, right. Uh, that that's that's what i got for those later albums
0: yeah so you know the later albums were, were were good but they uh you know i don't know if the they they sold their they sold those albums and uh but uh we're gonna get into the encore of van halen just some facts and fun things about the band um so i remember while i was doing research i saw this uh, we didn't cover it in the earlier episodes but they were uh Rock Group trashed room at Five Seasons. So this is a story from 1981. (laughs) I'm going to start laughing after reading this. Rock Group Van Halen and some member of his road crew trashed the dressing room at the Five Seasons Center last Wednesday night, according to Mike Gabauer, the center's manager. He said damage was estimated about 2,300, which he collected from the group's representatives. Van Halen came (laughs) off stage and with some of the road crew headed for the dressing room. They bodily threw out of the room a center employee and an assistant to the promoter and proceeded to trash the dressing room, Kabauer said Monday. Furniture and pipes were damaged while food and dishes were thrown all over. <laughs> <laughs> it was described, It was described to him as letting off some steam after seven months of touring. Their personal manager apologized quite profusely, Gabauer said. Is the first time it's happened at the five season center. Well really
1: mm. <laughs> wow. he
0: added, I was glad it happened back there in the controlled situation instead of out front before the audience. We were gonna redo the room anyway, Gabauer commented, but he said he doesn't condone the action. <laughs> they gave him a head start.
1: Wow, yeah, I guess so. A whole day with a, day with a demolition team. So, so Rob, what you're telling us, what you're telling everybody out there is that you approve and condone vandalism. I don't condone it, but. This, I mean, you seem to find this quite amusing, which is like, disturbing to me.
0: <laughs> wow. It's like, it's crazy.
1: I can't believe well, this sure. story. What kind of, all kinds of bands, trash hotel rooms, and whatever else, you know what I mean? As a matter of fact, we should do it just for fun. And if we can get everyone out there to do it, I'm only kidding. Please don't do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you yeah, know, there's tons of bands that would do that kind of stuff, you know?
0: Wow. So what's, uh, what's up with the Brown M&Ms, the Brown M&Ms. I, I I've, I've read it's what, uh, if they didn't have, if they had Brown M&Ms in the bowl, then they weren't, uh, attentive to detail. Is that correct?
1: I think so. I think that's what it was. Uh yeah, like they took they instructed, you know, road crew or roadies, or whoever, to staff whatever they were, you know, were got you to uh to take yeah, was it the brown was the brown M&Ms, right? Brown M&Ms. Take the brown M&Ms out of the, out of the candy dishes. Just the brown ones. Every the other colors could stay. And they took the brown ones out and then if if they noticed that there were brown ones in the candy dishes it meant that the they thought Van Halen thought that the road crew and everyone else weren't paying attention to some of the other stuff they wanted, and uh, that would that would not be a good thing. So it was a, <laughs> a attention to detail thing, I guess. You know. Well,
0: here's another one. But like, but like many of their heavy metal brethren, they came off as a band of Vulgarians at the outset of this tour at the University of Southern Colorado and Pueblo, Pueblo Group and crew members trashed the dining room, dressing room, and restroom after the caterers refused to remove some brown M and M's from a plate of candy. And Van Halen has a clause written in their performance contracts that prohibits the serving of brown M and M's backstage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having that written that written uh, written into a clause in a contract? Yeah, you know,
0: well, you know they, they they're called writers, uh, uh, and you know some band members say they want. 60 bottles of water at room temperature with uh, six pieces of lettuce on a plate and uh, three grapes on top of it. So, uh, wow. yeah, so, you know, the, the riders sometimes are kind of extreme and unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, the result of this little lark, according to the article here, in one report, damage was estimated at 10000 to $15,000 worth of damage and a ban on rock concerts in Pueblo for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Jeez! Wow. Man. Oh man. No, when, when
1: was this? Like this how far 19, back was It looks like
0: 1981. I think 81, 1981.
1: Can you imagine the damage would be now? 1980 or, like, or 81. Oh. I'm looking at here. Wow. So wow. The damage now for the same thing would probably be like a hundred grand. So, Oh yeah. You know, 200 grand or something. Who knows with inflation and this lovely economy we're in, but Hey.
0: So Van Halen. Okay. We got through with the fun stuff. So, Basically, uh, David Lee Roth, when he left the band, um, you know, he had a solo career as well and, uh, kind of did okay. And do you remember him being on the Sopranos in 19, in 2004, excuse me, 2004?
1: I did not know. I didn't. You're going to be very upset with me. I didn't see the Sopranos. I, I apologize for that. Oh, so that's okay. There's, I, a, lot of, there's I have, a lot of, go ahead. I have no idea that he was on that. But now I'm going to have to like watch like a YouTube video of, of it or something so I can see him.
0: So in 2004 episode of The Sopranos, he played himself in a VIP poker game that involved Tony Soprano. I remember that. I think he had short hair in that as as well. And then when he left Van Halen in 85, and uh, according to this information here, the Phil, uh, Tampa Bay Times, he was a struggling solo artist, which I disagree with. I thought he had did rather well. He trained to be a emergency medical technician in New York and went on more than 200 ambulance rides with paramedics. So he kind of got another oh, career. <laughs> That's Can one thing I did not take, know.
1: Trying to take him seriously. If you're an EMT <laughs> paramedic, and, you know, Dave Diamond, Dave is sitting there, but, you know, Hey, what are you doing to that lady? How come, you know, what are you, what, what are you cutting open over there? And, you know, I mean, I couldn't even imagine uh, some of the, some of the comments he would make or to even like, take him serious, but yeah you know, i guess he tried it if he went over on he went if he went on over like two hundred calls
0: well you know i'm sorry I had to laugh on that one there about the uh the trash in the uh the room there just the the way the uh i thought the uh center manager at that location mr the gentleman there uh handled it very well uh saying that the room had to be uh fixed anyway so uh yeah i thought i thought that i think he i think he gave him a pass but he just didn't like the way it uh What happened? But Van Halen gave him a head start, so I thought that was good.
1: Yeah, why not? You know, they could always uh, uh, do us. You know, could have had another career as like a demolition team.
0: Yes, sir. And uh, you know, when you look back at Van Halen, um, you know they had the the great uh, you know the great career, and they also had those uh, you know strong albums. But 1984, as we talked about in that episode, was their top album. And, right. uh, you know, I think when you look back at the album, uh, that really, again, put them on the super stratosphere, um, yeah, basically, absolutely, yep. and, uh, you know, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, like I'll wait, didn't have a video in that one as well. They just, they banged out those three. And I remember we had talked about there that they filmed the, uh, the video for Panama at the Providence civic center before their second night show. And you were at one of those shows,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, oh man, I wish I knew they were filming. That would have been cool. Well, maybe I did and I was, I don't remember because I was drinking, but who knows?
0: You were drinking? But, um,
1: <laughs> no, no. But um, uh, Panama, I remember, gosh, this has to be probably, eh, I want to say maybe like 86, 1986, 1987, being at a, a club in Boston. And it was like a dance club, which I think I went to like three my whole life. But uh, a bunch of us went and uh, they're playing dance music and as you would at a dance club, but uh, very loud. And then all of a sudden the DJ put on, uh, played Panama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of all those, you know, all the dance music and all the hip hop, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. And uh, right in the middle of that, they just cranked Panama. They played the whole thing and everyone loved it. and Everyone was dancing to it. So I always thought that was kind of funny, but that was Van Halen had some, Especially back with David Lee Roth, too. They they had some songs. Uh, they had a lot of songs you could dance to, you know? Yeah, they a did. A lot of fun songs. They did and have then a the lot songs of songs. And the song, songs got longer with Sammy Hagar. They seemed to add in like another minute or so when Sammy, Sammy came along. And the music changed, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the early days, I mean, you could dance to, dance to a lot of those songs.
0: And when Van Halen came out, you know, in 78, they had some different names for the band as well. Um, I remember they had the name Genesis, but they also had uh, the Broken Combs, and they later became the Space Brothers, and then the Trojan Rubber Company, and then Genesis, <laughs> and then uh, they were also called Mammoth, but I think they nailed it with Van Halen. I thought that, I mean, it's amazing. Out of all those names, Van Halen is yeah. catchy. Uh, commit, it, commit to,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry. Was it David Lee Roth who suggested that, Van Halen?
0: Uh I think so. I I believe so. I'm not
1: sure. I thought somebody said that. Maybe you said it. I don't know. I don't remember in a previous episode. I have no idea, but I, I thought I had heard that somewhere, but.
0: So in the spring of 1983, the band is listed in the Guinness Book of World Records. as They played and headlined the U.S. Festival in San Bernardino, California. They played at Heavy Metal Day for the stratospheric fee of $1.5 million. The Guinness Book of World Records created an all-time new category just for them, the highest-paid single appearance of a band. So their hard work paid off. Unbelievable. They were Like I said in earlier episodes, I really believe they're one of the hardest-working bands ever in rock and roll.
1: Um no relentless. doubt. I mean, yeah, relentless, relentless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all. Um, any of the things you'd see now, especially after Eddie's passing, um, all the Facebook groups and Van Halen stuff that I follow, some pretty interesting stuff. But there was a little video of, Ed, of Eddie and he just looked at the camera and this is when he was older. And he looked at the camera and he said, uh, you know, keep playing, play music, don't have a stop or something like that. And he's looking at the camera He's like, keep playing. That's all there is, man. It's just music. Just keep playing. He goes, and if you don't, I'm going to find you, you know? So wow. they, uh, yeah, he was, he he was, uh, I think we talked about it earlier, was he would just sit home. Like, you know, I mean, he did his obvious gigantic fair share of partying too, but a lot of times he would just sit, you know, sit with the guitar at home and just come up with something. I would love to see, I think they should put this stuff, I think, you know Wolfgang and Valerie and Alex and you know Michael Anthony Sam whoever should get together and take these recordings and like put them in the Smithsonian or something. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, because
1: uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that there's a tons and tons of tape and stuff that he recorded that you know he just held onto and like stored. Um, remember seeing a video? Interview, I think it was on MTV, I think the guy's name, what'd they call him back then? VJs. VJs. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh I think this guy oh, man, Kurt something or other. Kurt loader Kurt Loader. Thank you. Look at that. So you're Dr. Rob with the research, so thank you. You're welcome. But he um he uh it was like a tour of the fifty one fifty studio or whatever, and then Eddie was showing him all these like little rooms and catacombs with all kinds of like tapes like stacked from looked like it was stacked from floor to ceiling, you know. So do you imagine being able to, you know, hey, Eddie, can you just grab that tape, number 786, and just pop it in, and let's see what's on there, and to, to hear what that must sound like must, you know, there's so much stuff that's probably, you know, that you're never going to hear, and that's that's too bad.
0: And, you know, Eddie, uh, you know, you had in the previous episodes, the 5150, you had the 5150 code, so... Here, it's based on the California Welfare Institution Codes 5150 refers to a mentally disturbed person.
1: Right. Oh, crap. Does now, that mean? And you know, the well, thing with... I'm it, not a 5150.
0: No, you're not. But the thing is, I, I, wish that, I wish they would, if they had, like, demos, if Van Halen had demos, and I'm sure they do, and they have songs maybe that they don't have, I, if they put that on an album, I'm sure it would be absolutely... It would be... It would sell millions, millions and millions. Oh. I would love oh, to hear the demos of these songs because you can hear demos of uh, Genesis and um, Phil Collins, Stone Temple Pilots have a really good uh, demos right. on their albums. And you know, the Beatles are they they have on their earlier albums. You know, when they were out in the '60s, I mean, they have seven or eight takes of the same song, and some of those songs sound better than the original, in my opinion.
1: Wow. Yeah, that'd be that'd be neat. I really like cool demos. to get hands on some of that. Yeah, but man, they were uh, they were man handling my whole you know from the time I really heard them like you know hearing Fair warning back in high school and then getting into the three albums and and then just waiting for the albums to come out and being excited and couldn't wait to get them and man it was it was a lot of fun following following them you know and uh, of course they came out with their most successful album you said 1984 right. And right. then, uh, you know, then David Lee Rothley's a band. I'm like, what the hell? But, uh, Sammy Hagar coming in, I mean, what a great voice. Great yeah. addition. I mean, his voice is just like, wow. And it's still, still great. Like I, I think we said, I might've said it a couple episodes ago, about seeing Sammy, uh, just a couple of years ago, And I mean, he was like 72 or 71 or whatever he was. And so, oh my gosh, still sounded great live, you know? And, um, what, what a great voice and you know songwriter and they you know there's so much great music i mean the the singles that everyone knows all the popular songs but there's a lot of what i like about them is, is the stuff that they don't play on the radio and oh, I, yeah just listen to like i listen to so much of that in my car now on the way to and from work or if i'm going and just some of the old you know the old songs or the, the guitar work and it's just like wow you know
0: so 1984, you had said it was their most successful album. It sure was. And the most famous song was Jump. The synth heavy pop hit supposedly took only one day to finish, which is unbelievable. It oh, left. don't no
1: doubt it. I mean, it it le- there's not much to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: it, 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 the, the video probably took longer than the song itself.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's listed in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. So surprised um eruption and the other song yeah. really is not on there as well cuz that's the one that the eruption and uh those earlier right. song running with the devil on the first album mm. i thought so yeah but yeah i think uh you know when you think about uh when you think about van halen you think about um you know just the the way they were able to um grab the attention of uh the you know the rock and roll world as us young young folks back in the uh 70s and 80s you look back at how they transformed uh rock and roll and how many bands in the past that you know after them that pretty much were an influence on um what they heard from Van Halen so uh some of the bands of Van Halen like uh the uh the Red Hot Chili Peppers were one that were influenced by the uh by Van Halen and uh also right. they were in the Four Unlawful Carnal Knowledge Tour. They were with Allison Chains in 1991 and 1992. So Allison Chains came out with the Dirt album. And I listened right. to that Dirt album last week. And there's like 10 awesome songs that you f- totally forget about. Allison Chains, that was an awesome album. But Allison Chains warmed up for Van Halen. And uh, here's a little uh, blurb from Rockline in 1992 and uh, they talk about a little incident that Allison Chains had while they were performing one of their songs. So here goes that.
1: All right, let's hit the phones, you guys. We got Buddy on the line in Ocala, Florida,
0: listening to WDIZ in Orlando. Buddy, you're on the rock line with Sammy and Michael.
1: Hey, guys. Hey, Buddy. (laughs) I'd first like to congratulate you all and tell you all what a great job you did on this album. Thank you. Thank you very much. I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you was that there were some pranks being played I went to the Orlando Florida concert and uh, there were pranks being played and uh, specifically the time when, when Alice and Chains came out during the 5150 walk in their underwear. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. 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 It didn't impress me too much, but I just wanted to know what you and Eddie and Alex and... Did you have any female friends you brought along? Were they impressed? <laughs> yeah, my sister <laughs> was, I'm real impressed with that. Well, to be honest, uh, Alex, yeah. why like he wasn't. We really became friends with that band because they were really, really, you know, down guys, and they were cool. And, you know, we, we hung with them a lot and stuff. And uh, we that was a real surprise. I promise you it wasn't planned, and they, they like, blew my mind. Because I don't know. They seem to dance around you most of the time. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is one of the guys in the band's like, you know, like a real slender kind of guy. I saw him from the back. I'm going, yo, look
0: at the butt on that. And then a guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it, right. it must have been, every night must have been a party.
1: <laughs> Rock and roll, right? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the times they must have. had. I mean, you know, any band really. I mean, you know, going on tour and just having, you know, having fun. I mean, yeah, it's work. It's got to be crazy work at some, you know, some sometimes, but uh I mean if you if you can do what you love, I guess you can't really call it work, right?
0: That's correct. And here, so I was talking about bands that were influenced by Van Halen. Here is a who's who of rock and roll. Alice and Chains, Bon Jovi, Extreme, Guns N' Roses, Living Colour, Motley Crue, Night Ranger, Poison, Quiet Riot, Rat, Slaughter, Warrant, Winger, Steve Vai, Vince Neil, Twisted Sister, Velvet Revolver, Tesla, Queensryche, Spinal Tap, Dweezil Zappa. So those are some of the bands after Van Halen that were influenced by them. And uh, pretty interesting that uh, those influences are definitely uh, seen in the music.
1: Wow, you pretty much named just about everybody in the 1980s. So you can definitely see, definitely see why, right? But uh, you mentioned Dweezil Zappa at the end of that, and I think we talked about this earlier. We did. But uh, I saw a blurb, uh, yeah, video, and you can look it up now on YouTube, you know, Dweezil Zappa, Eddie Van Halen, or whatever you want to, whoever you want to search it. But uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen calling his house to talk to Frank, to talk to his dad, talk to Frank Zappa. And now Dweezil, you know, was going to do a talent. He was in a rock show or a talent show at his school and Eddie was showing them how to play run with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, it, it was really, it was really Dweezil Zappa tells it really well. And, uh, he has a guitar slung around his, slung around his neck. And, uh, uh, I think he, he played Eruption after that, uh, Dweezil Zappa did, but he just talks about, you know, what it meant kind of, to you know, uh, meet and get to know Eddie Van Halen. And, uh, I guess, uh, he said that, uh, when Frank died, when his dad died, uh Dweezil said that, uh, he goes, Eddie Van Hamel was the first person to call my house when Frank died, which I thought was pretty cool. But, uh, there's another thing. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier too, but there's a, uh, I think it's called what it means to be an American yeah, or, or something like that. And there's a, that that's a real good video to, to watch. And, uh, Eddie talks about coming over as an immigrant, you know, him and Alex. So that that was, that was really pretty cool. And of course he gets up and plays his guitar and everyone goes nuts. I mean, oh, yeah. look like they're only about the only look at like there was a couple, maybe 300 people in the room.
0: They were not they were nuts. Event. They went freaking nuts. So
1: much fun to be there for that. And they had the you know, the young kid ask a question and uh, at the end this this Young boy asked a question. He said, what was your first day of school like? And Eddie was like, it was absolutely terrifying, you know, because he was from another country and didn't really speak the language yet. and You know, it was just really, uh, really, really well done. So if you get a chance, definitely watch that whole thing.
0: Absolutely. And so who influences, who are the influencers for uh, Van Halen? So this is pre their big-time uh getting into rock and roll in 1978. So here are the groups that, that were influencers for Van Halen. The Kinks, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Cream, Alice Cooper, Bad Company, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Eric Clapton, Grand Funk Railroad, Dave, the Dave Clark Five, Vanilla Fudge, ZZ Top, ACDC, Aerosmith from the North, Boston Neck of the Woods, Frank Zappa, Golden Earring, Kiss, Montrose, with Sammy Hagar, Queen, Jeff Beck, and Ted Nugent, and uh, Ted Nugent, Ted the Nugent, Wango Tango, Wango Tango, and you know wow. the, when the um, when the Van Halen was coming up, they they could play David Lee Ross said they could play a ton of songs from the Kinks, they could cover a ton of songs from them, yeah,
1: the and, cr- uh, cr- Cream too, they liked Cream, and uh, yeah, the Kinks obviously, the Who, they played those songs in, in concert, you know.
0: I remember one like as, even like not as
1: a recording like as a studio recording but they were just playing as a co- as cover songs you know.
0: Yeah and when you think about when Van Halen came up in 1978 there was the rock and roll pre Van Halen and then the rock and roll after Van Halen so Van Halen was a loud band and Van oh, Halen yeah. was like the epicenter if I had to say like the change in rock and roll just the sound of rock and roll changed you know with heavy metal in the 80s And then, even to a certain extent, grunge. um, It was louder, loud, than the 70s, 70s kind of was just rock and roll, guitar. But um, a lot of groups tried to emulate how what Van Halen did never got close. Um, Maybe one or two bands may have uh, gotten close. But uh, I think, you know, Van Halen could be like the epicenter of rock and roll when it changed. And I think, you know, a lot should be given to them uh, for that. And, I just love the fact that they were a hardworking band, and I yeah. um, always wonder too if they if they had to look back would they do things differently? You know, with leaving the band, and I wonder if they they speak or do they talk or do they get together and uh, just socialize? I always wonder about that because they were uh, total fun, and I wonder if they would if they could take things back, they would.
1: Uh, maybe you know. That would be neat—is to get them all on on some some show, like kind of like Inside the Actors Studio kind of thing, that kind of setting, and bring bring the band members all together and just everyone tell stories and kind of shoot the breeze. I think that would be really really interesting and a lot of fun to to watch and listen to. Of course, we can't really you can't really do that not without Eddie there. But um, that would have been neat at the time if they could have done something like that.
0: Well, I'm going to put an open invitation out. If anybody hears this? Alex Van Halen, David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, you have an open invitation to come on the podcast here. I'd be love to have you and talk about you, about your time with Van Halen. It'd be a lot of fun. And uh, I think uh, if you hear it, just look me up on social media. I'd be glad to book you and come on the show.
1: Uh, actually, Rob, I'm getting a text message from Alex right now. Are you really? Um, no, it's not Alex Van Halen. It's Alex, <laughs> Alex Smith. Alex Smith, the former Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Uh, I'm only kidding. He's not texting me either. But well, that'd be neat. I mean, you imagine talking to those guys? Like I said, uh, I think of the OU812, OU812 album when we were talking about it when they did the rock line. I told you I was trying to dial in on a rotary phone. Man, that took forever. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool. it'd be cool to, to talk to those guys about the the music and all that kind of stuff. Definitely.
0: Yes, and I know your one number one song for Van Halen is Unchained. Mine is Jamie's Crying. Uh, yeah. My favorite uh, song with Sammy Hagar is Run Around. I just love that song. Um, I watched it a couple more times on the video after our episode last week. Uh, great, great song. And that, uh, that little round thing that they were going around was going around fast. I got dizzy watching it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't do well with, like, fast no. motion sideways and spinning around. Straight up and down, very quick, no problem. You start spinning things, and uh, I'll, I'll pretty much vomit.
0: Yeah, so uh, so basically, uh, we're going to be doing an episode in the first part of December, and we're going to tease a little bit now, but um, my favorite all-time movie is Die Hard with Bruce Willis. All-time favorite movie, I've probably watched it 200 times, literally, since 1988. Even if it comes on, you know people who if a movie comes on, they'll watch it even though if it's a quarter way through. And uh, Sean, you've watched it how many times? Do you think?
1: Uh, uh, I think I've watched it just a little bit more than you. I've watched it two hundred and one <laughs> times. And if and if we were tied, I'd watch it right now just so I could break the record. But um, yeah, oh yeah, that's a great movie. That's that's without a doubt one of my favorites. My favorite villain of all time is in that movie, Hans Gruber.
0: Yeah, yeah, Han, he is real quick we're going to tease it a little bit but uh i love i love just the uh cinematography the scenes the the the, just the way that movie was um presented bruce willis was uh doing tv with moonlighting he gets on this movie die hard and he was not the first choice but we'll cover that there in the uh episode but uh We're going to do an episode, the first part of December, Die Hard, the movie, Um, and we're we're looking forward to it, and I'm going to watch it a couple of times just to write down some notes, and while we're uh, doing the episode, I'm going to have the volume down and just have the TV going and uh, watch it, and uh, we'll go over our favorite scenes and how this movie is one of the top. Five action movies of all time and Hans, yes, hans Gruber and is great, the greatest
1: villain and a great christmas movie
0: it is a christmas movie it is a christmas <laughs> movie it is, and i will prove it when we do that episode that it is a christmas movie because um it's it's an awesome movie and uh yeah hans gruber was definitely uh the best villain of all time
1: <laughs> no yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it let's let's get that done we'll have to pick a day in early December and. Uh, We'll get that out there for the holiday season.
0: All right. So we hope you've enjoyed uh, these episodes of uh, talking about Van Halen. And, Sean, I want to thank you very much for your time. I know uh, it's it's difficult when you have uh, real jobs that you have to work to fit it in. And um, it's just a labor of love when we do this, Van Halen. And uh, I want to really thank you for uh, your time and your, um, your expertise and your experiences with Van Halen. Um, you definitely, oh, I, I, uh, was, I enjoyed it very much. Me too. And uh, maybe you're, you're,
1: you're, a good host, Rob. You're a great host. And I wouldn't call it expertise of mine. Of course, I'd call it just being a, 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 an adoring fan, but, uh, and I'm glad, uh, sorry about some of the earlier episodes when, you know, my medication was off a little bit, but now I'm better. So, <laughs> um, I sound a little bit more energetic. So
0: no, you, you but, sounded um, Great. You sounded Yeah,
1: great. I had a ball I had a ball doing this. So that was fun doing the Van Halen thing. So definitely uh, uh any time to talk about them is is a good time. So uh looking forward to to talking about Die Hard. and then uh until then we will we will see you at a later date.
0: We will and uh if we by chance get a interview with either Alex Van Halen, Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar, or David Lee Roth, we will put a all points bulletin out and uh, breaking news for the podcast. So if that comes about, you may right. hear about it. So it may never happen, but if it does, we'll definitely get it out there.
1: Yeah, you never know.
0: All right, Sean, say bye to America, and then I'll say bye as
1: well. Goodbye, America. This is Sean Donovan from Whitchfield, New Hampshire, signing off.
0: And this is Rob Ferdet from Memphis, Tennessee, signing off. Thank you, and good night, America.